Good morning. I'd like to offer all those who channel Divine Mother's love a happy Mother's Day. <laughs> That's all of us, but especially for mothers who uh, raise children uh, in the love of the Divine Mother and give so much uh, through their children to the world. I'd like to, uh, my name is uh, Naya Swami Bharat, and this is uh, Naya Swami Anandi. We'd also like to welcome the first timers and also the vegetarian cooking uh, weekend courses and everyone online. I'd like to read from Rays of the One Light, weekly commentaries by Swami Kriyananda on the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita. And uh, the topic for this week is the secret of right action. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. One of the most famous stories in the Gospels is that of Martha and Mary. Jesus, visiting the home of Martha, was teaching while her sister Mary sat at his feet, absorbing his divine love and wisdom. Martha, meanwhile, busied herself with serving her guests and was upset with Mary for not helping her. Lord, she cried, doesn't it matter to you that my sister has left me to do all this serving alone? Please ask her to help me. Martha, Martha, Jesus answered, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. This story is classic, for, divine, uh, for Martha's complaint is very understandable and not on the surface of it spiritually wrong. Jesus may well have told Mary to get up and help her. We don't really know that he didn't, considered as he always was of others' needs. But the teaching here doesn't concern the obvious dilemma of devotees to work for God or to spend all one's time in prayer. It concerns, rather, the attitude of the mind. Jesus didn't tell Martha, Martha, you are doing too much. He told her, rather, you are letting your work affect your inner peace. That was, uh, th that was the contrast, not work versus contemplation, but restless preoccupation versus peaceful absorption under all circumstances. As it says in the Bhagavad Gita, the second chapter, actions performed under the influence of desire are greatly inferior to those which are guided by wisdom. Happiness eludes people when they act from self-interest. Seek shelter, therefore, in the equanimity of wisdom. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Good morning, everyone. I'd like to welcome you also and begin with a reading from Whispers from Eternity, a book of prayers and poems by Paramahansa Yogananda. This reading is called Demand for Quickening Activity. Let the waves of thy power dance on the river of my activity as thou art intelligently busy making atoms, flowers, universes. So teach me to be cheerfully busy always. Thou art ever busy 
yet eternally smiling in joyous hearts. Bless me that I may wear thy unfading smile as I work in the factory of life. Well, uh, today's reading, uh, Right Action, comes at a perfect time, doesn't it? The day after our all-community annual work day, in which we try to beautify Ananda for another year of serving God. And it also comes on Mother's Day. And mothers are the example of selfless service. So let's just take a moment now, as Farad did, just to honor those here who are mothers. <coughs> And I'd also like to take a moment in your mind to honor all the souls who were willing to become our mothers. <laughs> Great and brave, though they were, as they were. <laughs> and also, above all, our Divine Mother, who is the source of all service, all love, for all of us. The Divine Mother is actually the aspect of God that has become creation. So through the vibration of the activity of the Divine Mother, which is also called the Om vibration, all of creation came into existence and is sustained right now. Divine Mother is vibrating in every atom of creation. That love is underneath it all. So today's reading um, is telling us, as, as Bharat read, it's not really a question of if we should be serving or if we should be meditating, but if we're restless and preoccupied or if we're calmly absorbed. And we all know that we can have meditations that are restless and preoccupied, and we can also be serving with calm absorption. And we're trying to make there be a flow in all of it, that all of it is calm absorption, no matter what we're doing. Swami Kriyananda used to say, I don't want them to put on my tombstone, he paid his bills. <laughs> it wasn't that he wasn't planning on paying his bills, but it was that, that sense of, I've got to get this done. I've got to get this bill paid. I've got to get this house built. I've got to get this child sent to school. All these projects, all these things that have to be done, always this sense of, well, when this is over, then I will be calmly absorbed. But you know, it never, never ends. Sorry, my little microphone is getting weird here. It never ends. After one thing goes away, there's another thing there to replace it. So we can't wait for calm absorption once we finish this next thing. It's got to be now. And I wanted to share some stories with you this morning that have really been inspiring me this last week or two that really relate beautifully to what the reading was this morning of trying to, as we serve, feel our connection with God, feel in everything we do. It's not about the thing we're doing, but it's about doing it for God and with God. And Master, that's the name we use for Yogananda. Yogananda used to tell a story about Krishna. And Krishna had these devoted disciples who every day would bring him his lunch, which was fresh 
uh, curds or, or fresh uh, cheese. And they would come to the river Jamuna and they would cross it and they would meet Krishna on the other side and he would greet them warmly and enthusiastically and share lunch with them. Well, one day they came to the river and the river was in flood and they didn't see how they could possibly get to the other side to take this food to Krishna. But they saw a yogi sitting there in meditation and they went up to him. And this yogi was Vyasa. Vyasa was one of the greatest disciples of Krishna. And they said to Vyasa, sir, how can we get across the river? We have to take Krishna his cheese. Vyasa looked at them and he said, Krishna, Krishna, you're always thinking about Krishna. What about me? Why don't you give me some cheese? <laughs> so they said, well, okay. So they gave him the bowl of curds and watched as he ate three-fourths of the bowl of curds. And they were a little horrified, but then he handed the bowl back to them. And he went and stood by the river and he said, oh, River Jamuna, if I have not eaten anything, divide up and part. And the river parted. The disciples were amazed, but they ran through the opening in the river to the other side. Couldn't figure out how that could have happened when he obviously ate all that cheese, but they ran there. And Krishna was not waiting for him the way, they usually was, the way he usually was. So they went to his tent, and as the master described it, he was sleeping, and his little belly seemed to be full. <laughs> and they said, Master, Master, we've brought you some cheese. He said, oh, oh, don't bother me, don't bother me. <clears throat> that fellow on the other side of the river, he fed me too much already. I can't eat anymore. And so Vyasa, while he was eating, he was only thinking of feeding Krishna. Now, I've heard that story quite a few times, but this week I'm really trying to take that to heart, to just say, okay, when you're eating, what are you doing? When you're typing, what are you doing? When you're taking a shower, you're, you're washing Krishna, you're, you're feeding Krishna, you're bathing, you're just doing all of this for God and with God. I was also thinking this week about a wonderful movie that uh, came out in the, I think it was the early 1980s. I think there are probably a number of people here who saw it. It was a movie about Mother Teresa of Calcutta made by Richard Attenborough. And um, there were, it was a long time since I've seen it, but there were several parts of it that were very, very striking to me. And I'd like to share those images for you. Um, Mother Teresa was sent as a young nun. She wasn't Mother Teresa at the time. She was sent as a young nun to Calcutta to be part of um, uh, uh, an order of nuns that taught girls, ran a high school. And she loved teaching. But she also was very, very compassionate to the poverty that she saw around her. And one day while she was riding a train, on the train she felt Jesus ask her to take care of the poorest of the poor. In the Bible it says in various places, that which you do to the least of my disciples, you do to me. When you feed the hungry, you're feeding me. When you clothe the naked, you're clothing me. And she really felt that he was asking her to do that. 
Now, Swami Kriyananda had an interesting comment after that movie. He said, many people will misunderstand what's happening here because obviously serving the poor is a noble thing to do, but he said that's not why Mother Teresa was doing it. She was doing it because Jesus asked her to do it. And if he'd asked her to continue teaching in the school, she would have done that or whatever he'd asked her. And so she took up this assignment extremely courageously. She had no plan. She had no idea what it even meant. She basically went out among the poor and started teaching. She didn't know really what to do. She started teaching the children how to read. And bit by bit, things started to happen. And opportunities to help dying people and sick people and so on began to happen. And other uh, women came and later men came to join her order to help her. But she was doing this uh, for Jesus. And so in this movie, and, and built a work that eventually has thousands of uh, monastics working as part of it, 100 uh, centers around the world. And in this movie, they're interviewing people that were in the monastery with her. And one of the priests is saying, yeah, Mother Teresa, she wasn't special at all when she was a nun here. She, in fact, she sort of had trouble doing her basic duties. She was in charge of the candles in the sanctuary, and it, it seemed to be a challenge for her to do these things. And so I don't know what he was thinking when he was saying that, but I know what I was thinking is, okay, she made room. She wasn't a great organizer. She wasn't a totally clear about how to help people. But she made room for Jesus to do it through her. She didn't get caught in the I am doing it, but rather if Jesus wants this done, he's doing it through me and I'm serving him in all. And so she did it with this spirit of tremendous faith and relaxation. There's another memorable scene in which she's, it takes place in Beirut when uh, there's huge war going on and Beirut is being just bombarded uh, with, with missiles and shells and so forth. And she's explaining that she needs to go into Beirut. She's explaining it to some priests and some military men. And they are just like, Mother Teresa, you can't possibly go into Beirut. It's, it's just far too dangerous. There's just shelling happen happening there all the time. The only way you, we would possibly allow you to go there is if there's a ceasefire. And she said, well, I'll be going there. And they said, well, no, you see, ceasefires take quite a while to <laughs> negotiate. And she said, well, I've prayed to the Virgin Mary about it, and I'm going to have a ceasefire tomorrow, and I'll be going there. <laughs> and they're kind of just sputtering and sputtering. And then the next part of the movie is this announcement, ceasefire in Beirut. And the next day, there was a ceasefire. I'm getting um, chills. <laughs> and and they take her in. Well, now you can imagine it was a fairly charged situation. The military people are probably very much pressuring her to get this thing happening and, and move on with it. And she goes into this monastery. I mean, not, I'm sorry, this, this home. What she discovers there is that there's this home for retarded children and um, seriously disabled children. And she and the nuns go into this home and what do they do? They begin giving love to these children. They begin trying to feed them and give them water. Completely 
in their center, completely relaxed. And one of the other very memorable scenes for me in that movie was Mother Teresa standing at a sink. And she had an old bottle, probably held about a quart of water, just an old thing. She's standing at this sink, and the water that's coming out of the tap is dribbling. It's all that's coming out. It's just a, sort of a tiny dribble. And she's holding this bottle. And at the rate that the water is going, she's probably going to be standing there for about 20 minutes. And meanwhile, you know, war and military people and needs of everything everywhere. And she is completely calm. This is what needs to be done. This is what Jesus is doing now. This is how I'm serving him now. And she's just standing there, letting it happen. So we're trying to cultivate these attitudes. We too. You know, we do these readings, uh, the same book, we read through it every year. So every year at this time of year, we get to Mary and Martha. And I don't know about others of you in the room, but every time we get here, it's like, all right, all right, we have to make a new commitment in our service because we're always going to be busy. And we have to be very, very careful about how we do all the things that we're asked to do. We're doing it for God, we're doing it with God, and we're trying to feel that consciousness flowing through us as we're doing it. This is something we certainly saw in Swami Kriyananda, the man who founded and, uh, Ananda and is our teacher. And he was an enormously productive person. He wrote 150 books and 400 pieces of music, and he sang and he taught endlessly and he counseled. And what he always said is, I'm not doing anything. I'm just putting my intention there, my centeredness there, and God is doing it through me. And so that example, and what he said, <clears throat> I love this quotation. Um, he said, no matter what you're doing, he said, get centered and let the universe help you. <coughs> Excuse me. Get centered and let the universe help you. Whether that universe means other people, whether that means divine inspiration, that that's where it's going to come from, that flow. And I had a wonderful experience of that. This happened many years ago in probably around 1980 or late 70s. Um, we had our spiritual renewal week in those years. And during those years, when we had spiritual renewal week, Swami Kriyananda would give every morning class. He would give counseling every afternoon. And he would do the evening programs and Kriya initiation. So it was a one-man show. So he was teaching us how to do all these things. And for that particular spiritual renewal week, um, he, had, he had asked to have a slideshow done. I, I think it was about Ananda. I'm not sure. It was something had a very cosmic beginning, but I think it was about Ananda. And two people in the community created this slideshow. And they, um, put a, they worked on it for a long time. It had music, it had a voice over, and it had slides, so it all kind of went together as a flow. And Swami decided it wasn't exactly the way he wanted it to be, and he wanted to work on it and improve it. 
So he decided to take Asha and me into town with him. In town, we were able to set up the equipment, had real electricity there at the time, and, and we could work there in quiet. And so we went into town at the late, I think it was late afternoon, I can't remember, maybe it was after dinner, I just don't remember, but we went there, and Swami, of course, was totally calm, as always. And then he, I watched what happened as he realized what was going to be involved in this project. It was a lot more than he had kind of anticipated. And so he was like calm, and then he saw what was required, and he like notched up his energy from, from one gear to a higher gear. Nothing outside changed, but you could see this boing, this is going to take more focus than I anticipated. But what was exciting was he also notched up our energy, and in the same way. So we didn't get anxious either, but we were in a flow. And how I remember this very dramatically is that um, there were lots of parts that had to be done, but one of the parts was after he fixed the script, I had to retype it for him. And of course, we didn't have computers, so it was on an electric typewriter. And I'm not a really very fast typist. The faster I go, the more mistakes I make, which means that I'm not moving any faster. So, but I, but I was in his flow. I wasn't myself. The flow was there. And so I went upstairs, and I'm just, I'm, li I'm literally like just typing along. I, I'm just going, I don't type like this. I'm just <laughs> typing and typing, and no mistakes are happening. And it was the most beautiful experience. I mean, I didn't, there was no way I could take it to myself because I knew I couldn't do that. But it could be done. It could be done through me. And that's what I was experiencing. And that's important for us to have those times where we feel, I'm not doing, but it is being done through me. God is using me as a channel. Because when we feel those times, for those of us who are disciples of Yogananda, we feel the guru flowing through us. And it's a way for us to be in attunement with the guru. We meditate. We, we do the practices. We do the techniques we've been given from the guru. But that's only a little part of our day. Then we've got a lot of other part of the day where we're serving. And those times, and we're putting out a lot of energy then. And that's very important time to feel that flow of the guru. In uh, the Gita, it talks about the fact that we have this very strong sense of ourselves being this body, this personality, which is the ego. It's very real to us. We have another part of ourselves, which is the real truth, which is that we are one with all of creation. That is true. But there, as, as uh, Yogananda puts it in the Gita, there is a chasm between our ego consciousness and this samadhi state, the state of union with all creation. It's a chasm, it's a gigantic leap that we cannot make just by ourselves. 
no matter how nice you are, how well you do your practices, we, we can't do it un unless we are able to attune our consciousness to the consciousness of someone who is already in that union state, that state of connection with all creation. And so what we practice during service is so important. To be able to try to feel that consciousness and to hold onto it as more real than all our desires, all our preoccupations, all the pressure that we feel to get things done, it's not easy. I mean, I'm telling you this, and I know it's important, and I know we're trying to do it, and I know it's not easy, but it's our continual challenge to do it, to say, okay, I'm doing this. What's really happening is it's being done through me. And in that process, we're in attunement with the guru. And Swami said that, you know, he said, I would never, ever say meditation isn't important. But I said, I've seen that in the people who embrace service in the right way, there's a dynamism and a, and a light that I don't see in people who only meditate. And I know that's why he's created Ananda as such a place of dynamic service, just to help us connect with that light. It's interesting, I mentioned how much Swami had accomplished and um, that you know, he did it through getting out of the way and, and tuning in. But one time he said something very interesting. Well, many times he said something very interesting, <laughs> but this time I want to mention. He was talking about when he was a young monk uh, with, with Master, and he was given this task of uh, helping to build one of the buildings at, um, I think, Hollywood Temple or something like that. And so he was to be a carpenter. And so he had a hammer and he had a nail and he said, I would have this nail and I would have this hammer and out of 10 strikes, nine of them would miss the board. And then the 10th one would hit the nail and then it would bend in half. And I think probably there's a number of people in the room who could completely relate to that experience. But he said, you know, as a carpenter, I had a hard time tuning in to the flow of God. You see, when you give him a book to write, you give him music to write, a talk to give, he can feel that he's not the doer. But he said, when there was something I wasn't good at, I was much more aware of my coordination, my clumsiness. It was harder for me to get out of the way. And so what we want to take from this in each of our lives is we have areas where, where there's a flow and areas where there's not a flow. And we want to look for those areas where it could be building a building, it could be talking to a child or doing a flower arrangement, where there's a flow and we can get out of the way. And yes, we do the other stuff, the other things we have to do. We do them with willingness, we do them with calmness, we do them with um, the best attitude we can, but, but we really especially try to use those channels that, are, we're, that, are, that we're good at to get ourselves out of the way and to feel that flow of God coming through us. Yogananda says that, and, and there's no one way that's better. I mean, there, there isn't a right way to be in the flow. There'll be a, a right way for each one of us. And Yogananda said, 
that he was once talking to Sri Yukteswar about another spiritual organization. And Sri Yukteswar, you know how their work was different than, than Yogananda's and Sri Yukteswar's work and so forth. And Yogananda said, why? I mean, Sri Yukteswar said, why make any comparisons? He said, this is the way that God is, is this is the way that God is playing through you and through me. And Master said, when I heard that God was playing through me, I felt such a thrill. And that attitude is what the message of this reading of Mary and Martha is about. Feel that God is doing it through you. Feel that God is playing through you. Feel that God is doing his service through you to serve God in all. So let's just meditate on that for a moment or two. <laughs> 